growing up, schooling was something that I kind of just had to grin and bear, get through. There were certain courses throughout my career that I enjoyed, but as a whole, school was not my favorite thing. And so after graduating from seminary, I enrolled at Heinz Community College to get a couple of courses under my belt. And then after a couple of years at Heinz Community College, went to Southern Miss for a year, and only for that not to work out and go back to Heinz Community College. And then after a couple of years at Heinz Community College, I remember talking with my counselor and her telling me, we're going to give you a degree. And I said, that's awesome. And what? And they said, general studies. I said, what? They said, yeah, so you've taken so enough courses to get a degree, but you haven't focused on anything. What do you want to do? At that time, I'd kind of begun to really lean into the calling that God had placed on my life as a minister. And so I said, this is what I want to do. And my counselor said, well, what's your next step? And I said, well, I have to get an undergrad in order to go get a master's. And so she asked what I wanted to major in. I said, it didn't really matter to me. I, I knew what I wanted to do, and it was a stepping stone to get into seminary. And so I enrolled at Jackson State, and when I met with my counselor there, they said, well, what do you want to major in? I said, what is the fastest degree I can get? And they said, we can get you out of here in a year, year and a half tops with a business management degree. And I said, done, let's do that. And so... A year and a half in, I graduated from Jackson State with my business management degree and enrolled immediately at Memphis Theological Seminary. And if you do not know, to get a Master's of Divinity from a seminary is probably one of the longest master's, master's programs you can enroll in. And so about three and a half to four years later, I graduated from Memphis Theological Seminary. And there I was roughly 10 years after graduating from high school with someone who did not enjoy school finally getting out. And I can remember that, that kind of last year as I could see the end in sight that I remember people would go, oh, the light's at the end of the tunnel. And my response was always, yes, I just hope that it's not a train. And I, I remember that even as I was going through all of this, and sometimes, like I said, there were moments where I was like, where I was grateful for being there, but there were also moments where I just didn't want to be there anymore. But I trusted that God was at work. And, and that reminds me of the story in 1 Kings 18, beginning in verse 1, where it says, After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. And so Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. So here they find themselves in the middle of a three-year drought and famine in a place that they never really wanted to be not knowing when or if they would ever find their way out and maybe you can relate maybe you have at some point or even now found yourself in a dry season when it comes to your faith asking God where are you or, or you find yourself in a, in a tough season of life going, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of here or what is going to happen. Maybe you found yourself there. 
Maybe you are there now. And if you are, then you can relate to the people in our scripture. And I want to jump down to verse 41. In verse 41 of chapter 18, we hear that Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. And so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. I just want you to think about this. You, as the servant, you know that you've been in a drought for three years. You know that you've been in a famine for three years. Your, your Lord says, go and look, and you go, and there's nothing. And seven different times you're told, go. And you trust, and you continue to go. And the seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And so this story, it may seem a little bit crazy to us. But it's a, it's a story, I want you to think about this, that the, the cloud was no bigger than a man's hand. But Elijah trusts what God has promised and has faith. And he lives into his faith. And sometimes living in faith means that we have to doubt the drought. Not, not denying that we're in a drought, not denying that we're in an arid season, but doubting it. Not denying our current reality, but knowing that we're committed to a greater reality, a kingdom reality, which is greater than our current circumstances. It's a faith that tells us that even amidst the drought, I'm going to put on my rain boots because God is, going, is proclaiming that there is a rain coming. We must have faith for the future. A faith that proclaims our current doesn't have to be our future and our past doesn't have to define us, but that God, knowing that and trusting that God wants to flood us with his presence, with a new faith, with a new hope, with love and joy. And why do we know this? Because the scripture proclaims it to be true and God has done it over and over to God, unto God's people. We must have a future faith. A faith that thinks bigger than our current circumstances or even our current limitations. The people are in a three-year drought and God says, I know, I know, but trust me. What God proclaimed to and over them doesn't match what they, where they currently were. What their, what their circumstances would dictate. It doesn't match what they were currently seeing. You ever been there? Where God's vision or dream for you don't match your current reality? And you just can't wrap your mind around it. There was a, 
a preacher story that I heard one time of a man, of a pastor that was speaking with a elderly lady in his church and she was talking about her funeral and she just wanted to make sure that when her time came that her pastor knew exactly what she wanted. So she had given him the scriptures and the songs and the order of worship and she said, and there's one last thing, preacher. And he said, what's that? And she said, I want to, when I'm putting my coffin, I want to be holding my Bible and in the other hand, I want to be holding a fork. And he looked at her and said, I beg your pardon? A fork? And she said, yeah, you know, growing up, I loved the potlucks. I loved the, the church meals at my church. But one of my favorite moments on all the church meals was when somebody would come and they'd be clearing kind of the plates and they'd lean over and they'd tell you, hold on to your fork. Because when they tell you that, you knew that something good was about to come. You knew that your dessert wasn't going to be jello or pudding of some sort, but it was going to be something substantial and delicious that you could really sink a fork into. And she said, when I'm buried, I know that something good, something better, the best is yet to come. And what would it look like if we had a faith like that? That amidst our current reality and circumstances, we trusted that the best is yet to come. We had faith that God was going to show up and show out. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Which sounds wonderful. But sadly in our world, we have become far more confident in what we see than what we hope for. We're, we're more confident in our current circumstances than we are that God will actually provide a way. We're more confident in the brokenness that we see on our, on our, when we turn on the TV or listen to the radio than we are that God will resurrect and restore. We're more confident in, our present in the present reality of our church, and circumstance of our church, and we lose sight of the future church that we are called to be. But we're called to have a faith rooted in who God is. A future faith which is bigger than our current it believes before it sees. It's like in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, in that moment where he finds himself at the edge of a huge canyon. And Indiana must let go of everything, of everything that his senses are telling him, and take a leap of faith. You know the scene. That he must leap to pass the final test of his quest to find the Holy Grail and save his father's life. But he's afraid because his eyes are telling him that there's nothing there. When he looks out, there isn't anything there. But the second that he puts his foot out in faith, the whole bridge unfolds before him. So where is it that God is calling us beyond our circumstances. I want to take you back to our scripture and read verse 45 and the end of the, to the end of the chapter for you because it says 
That meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, the heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came to Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way. They were in a drought. But Elijah said, put on your rain boots, because God will provide a way. He had a faith, not rooted in his current circumstances, but rooted in what God could and would do. So where is God calling us? To look and to move beyond our current circumstances, to take a leap of faith, to try something new, to trust in him. To continue even though it seems hopeless. This future faith that we've talked about is a persistent faith. It's one that's always asking what and where is next. That even when we see nothing, we keep believing. We keep believing that God is up to something even when we don't see or understand it because our faith is not in our circumstances, but our faith is in God and who God is. And so we have faith. We keep the faith. We live our faith. We never stop. We never give up. We're always hoping, we're always rooted in God. Because if all we believe in is our current circumstances, that does not take faith. But we come proclaiming, God, our hope, our trust, and our faith is in you. So who has the faith to go and see what God is doing? To go and see where God is leading Because we may be in a drought, but I have faith. We need to put on our rain boots because God's about to bring about a flood. I want to be ready for it. Amen? Amen.